It's time to watch The Muppets with special guest Gene Kelly. let's get things started at least three times because that's what they do now yeah oh my god okay first of all it's time to watch the muppets it's time could you believe how much they changed the opener they changed it quite it a bit changed a lot and now it's like that classic opener where statler and waldorf do the why do we always yeah. come here you know yeah i was really excited to see the change and the changes it seems like they're not going to be breaking into it anymore that this is kind of it right well like, this is definitely it because we know about oh, yeah, this know. season. There's only 20. So, okay, we're about to start. We're starting season five. Welcome to Welcome season Welcome to season five. five. We watched the Gene Kelly episode airing in the UK on January 4th, 1981, and in the US on February 28th, 1981. Gene Kelly. This was a pretty good episode. I have to say, not bad. And, like, I was really surprised that it is, like, it feels like a new era. Like, we are... You totally. said it last year, and like we're in the '80s now yeah. for sure. Oh, you said it last season when they would dip, and you'd be like, "This is an '80s episode," yeah. you know. And like now that it's '81, and like all of the little like changes and nuances that have like been altered in this season already, it's very weird to me. Mm-hmm. Like just little things, like the opener times they are changing, and like we didn't get a cold. The cold open is totally different. Cold open's different. Is that like a coat closet or something? Well, you know? who's that guy? He's like the ticket booth. in the reception area. Yeah. yeah. All right, you think we should just get things started? Yeah, let's dive in. Why don't you get me started? Gene Kelly enters the reception area, asking Pops if this is where he has to buy his tickets. I didn't know he had a name. Pops informs Gene Kelly that he doesn't need a ticket because he's the guest star. But Gene thought he was invited to watch the show. No, you're tonight's guest. You're supposed to sing and dance. Oh, no. No way. If you invite a guest to dinner, do you expect him to cook? Is that an offer? We could use a good cook around here. (laughs) I don't know who you are, but I I love your cooking. (laughs) Pops is the stage doorman for the Muppet Theater. He's supposed to greet the guests when they first arrive. He was definitely a new... Mu- like, I wish they could go into the backstory of, like, why the Creature Shop created him and why they decided to, like, add this new Muppet and, like, who plays his voice? Jerry Nelson. Yeah. And it says he's nearsighted and forgetful. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a thing about him. It's a specific detail. I don't know necessarily that this is our first appearance of Pops, but this is definitely our first of his new role on the show as the, the doorman. Uh, yeah. Because it says here that he's been around since 1980. So if this episode's from 81, you know, it's like... So no more knock, knock, knock. No, which I kind of missed in a weird way. You, I know you're going to like drag me now because... I'm telling you, I'm just I missed helping that Scooter you wasn't... come to realize that you are a Scooter fan. I did feel like, oh wow, Scooter wasn't in involved much mm-hmm. in this now because his role of... Being the gopher and like, you know, Wait, literally. Wait, is Jerry Nelson Scooter though too? No, that's Richard Hunt. That's Richard Hunt, okay. Which is the other thing that's got me like, I love Richard Hunt. Richard yeah, I love Hunt's Richard a great Hunt. performer and I feel like we should. But this I is what be... I want to, this is what I'm trying to figure out. Uh-huh. 
Okay, in the book, season five, we know that it's like the height of Jim being completely distracted from yeah. the Muppets. He's not as into it. He wants to concentrate on the labyrinth. He wants to concentrate mm-hmm. on this, that, the other thing. Dark crystal stuff. Fraggle Rock. All, fraggle, yeah. Like all, There's a lot of other things that are being, you know. And I think Richard, I don't know if Richard Hunt is involved in any of that either. Like, because I'm trying to see like, okay, so some of these newer Muppets or, or they have a lot of cast group things mm-hmm. and stuff like that, which I actually like. We'll get to that later. But I'm wondering if it's because, you know, people are distracted, like just completely distracted. I'm curious to see how distracted this season seems. You know, we've kind of had this warning over our heads now for at least a year, right? We probably finished that book about a year ago. Oh, yeah. At least. Yeah. So it's it's really curious to see what other, like, strangenesses we'll see this season. So Pops... Pops, yeah. He's a cute-looking little Muppet guy, though. Yeah, I like him. He, uh, he doesn't seem... I like, um, the Muppets that don't have eyes but have glasses. Oh, yeah. Like Honeydew. I love the, just, like, there's nothing back there, you know? <laughs> Honeydew is... So, no, during crazy. the Muppet theme, the horn rings and a voice comes out. Gonzo puts it to his ear and he, he answers it like home. a telephone. He's like, he's Hello? not home. He's not home. He's not home. During Kermit's introduction... Gene Kelly informs Kermit that he's only going to relax and watch the show. He doesn't intend to perform. This little bit of this that I'm not going to perform is pretty funny. And it, I don't know, I feel like Gene Kelly's not wrong. Yeah. He's the guest, right? So why should he be expected to perform? He's like, perform? I don't want to do this. Yeah, I didn't understand. Do you, okay, so like, I know Gene Kelly from like, he's a dancer, right? But like, do you know Gene Kelly from anything else? I'm singing in the rain. Right? Like, that's kind of yeah. the big Another, one. And I can say that they, you know, Alex from A Clockwork Orange sings that song. Does he? <laughs> Gene Kelly. Just, I just have to bring up A Clockwork Orange <laughs> or something random. Ooh. I still have not watched A Clockwork Orange. Why is this doing this? I feel me? like you're, you've aged out now, though, Doug. I think so, too. <laughs> I think that's really why I haven't watched it. That's yeah, it. you're good. <laughs> but Gene Kelly was an actor, singer, and dancer famous for his movie musicals, including An American in Paris, Singing in the Rain. Yep. Uh, he was a Kennedy Center honoree in 1982, and he died from stroke complications on February 2nd, 1996. Oh, wow. I was trying to think of like other movies that Gene Kelly was in, though. Was he in anything in the 90s, like guest starring and things like that? I'm sure. Special appearances. Let's see. Oh, here we go. I could do this, too. Look, I have a phone. The one thing that they did show Gene Kelly do when um, later on in the episode is that that's the thing that I know him most for is the MGM dance with Jerry from Tom and Jerry. Oh, yeah, I know that. That was like a very I know that. iconic, familiar thing to have happened. Interesting. <sighs> Let's see. The his... last thing he was in it was a miniseries in 1986. He was in three episodes. It was called Sin. Sins. He was on the love boat for two episodes. Oh my god! Of course he was on the love boat. I feel like every fucker on Xanadu. I feel like, I feel like every guest on this show was also on a love boat. Like, uh, I've never seen Xanadu. Xanadu. That's um, Olivia Newton-John, right? Uh-huh. A musical. Is that a roller skates musical? I don't know, but I feel like why wouldn't I have seen this movie? I don't know. This is you know what movie I did watch yesterday while I was like cleaning my office. What? Um, Saturday Night Fever with John Travolta. Have I've you ever seen, seen that? That or the other one? Is it Staying Alive? 
or is that is that a movie or is that just the song from Saturday Night Fever? Huh? Staying alive. I've never seen it. The Bee Gees are. Yeah, well, it was. It's, it's so fu- interesting to like see young John Travolta just be like a goofball with like no clothes on. Is it stuff. a musical or is it a dancing movie? It's a dancing movie. Okay. Yeah. It was interesting. Like Not exactly what I thought it was going to be, but um, it was good. There were like really iconic moments of it. But tw- by the end of the movie, I like I didn't like how it made me feel. Oh, really? Yeah. Like it's just like. I'm of the minority where, like, I didn't like The Graduate because I didn't like how it made me feel at the end. I don't mind feeling weird after I watch a movie uh-huh. or, like, a little unsettled. Yeah. Like, like, for example, Marcy May Marlene, whatever that movie uh-huh. is, with Elizabeth Olsen, one yeah. of her f- first movies, that movie made me feel fucking creeped out after uh-huh. I saw it. But Sometimes I, it's fun to feel a little yeah. freaked out, but other times it's like, eh, no. Like, I'm not going to rewatch that movie. Uh-huh. But Especially I w- on, like, a lazy Sunday where you're, like, just kind of, like, doing some chores. It was raining. Or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. I you just know, had something on in the that's background. That's not the vibe. <laughs> I was just like, I watched it, and I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. Like, there was something about it that I just didn't. Uh-huh. It just struck you. Yeah, it just struck me. I'm not sure. I was like, and maybe I just kept thinking the whole time, like, was John Travolta a Scientologist at this point? I don't know. I don't he know came, when. He became one early, I think. Yeah, like, I don't know where in his timeline he becomes a Scientologist because, like, he had a lot of success and sometimes the successes come because of Scientology. Yeah, I don't, I think that he got, joined it way back in Welcome Back, Cotter. Yeah? I think so. Because, I mean, like, I've watched that show about Scientology with, like, Leah Remini and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they talk about how her mother got into it when she was a kid. Yeah. So it's, like, it feels like Scientology because it's, like, been super in the zeitgeist in the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. You know, through, like, a lot of people really learning what they're all about and everything. It feels like it's, like, that much of a newer religion and not, like, it's, you know. I wonder what's going to happen to it now that David Miscavige is, like, gone. He's just, like, missing now, too, right? Yeah. That's very bizarre. John Travolta, like, I feel like he should have been a guest on The Muppet Show at some point. And I'm really kind of almost surprised that he doesn't end up as one. You know, a young John Travolta isn't isn't bad. Like, he's an excellent dancer. Like, when he when he was doing those moves and he was dancing, I was like, dang, like, he really is. Fu- he can move his fucking body. Yeah. But when I think about he's him. He's kind of a good actor, too. Like, I can't think of really very many bad movies with him in it, you know? Well, what movies are he is he in? He's in Greece. Greece. That's good. Look who's talking. Oh face yeah. Off. Like, even Look who's talking. Like face hokey, off. Like his hokey weird action movies are like good. Are like you good. Know? Like, yeah. Well, I just have the vision of him as Divine's character in yeah. Hairspray, and he's terrifying. It's to me in really. That. I weird. fucking hate it. It's not necessarily a bad version. It just also feels like maybe it didn't need to happen. It. it I did not like it. Him as like that was a remake. And then only I just twenty felt- years later or so, right? Like it didn't. I don't know what made that necessary to have happened anyway. Well, that happened and then they made a musical and it was like a really big success. But Uh why they picked John Travolta as the character, I don't know. No, that is weird. And I think that's funny because he's playing like Divine's character. And you know, there's all those rumors that he actually is gay. Yeah. And yet he'll deny it and then go on to play. He'll deny it and then like basically be open about it like he's Uh like i don't know it's weird because it does feel like just be your fluid self john travolta no one gives a shit anymore yeah i guess right (laughs) like because it does feel to to go on sleep with whoever this you know classic role Mm -hmm. would come with 
Well, you still get to be a straight man if you are an older man who sleeps with like a younger guy, right? You're still straight. <laughs> Technically, yeah. right? Yeah, tales of the time. <laughs> Who's your celebrity wife while you're doing yeah. this? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. So our first real number is Jambalaya, sung by Baby Seals and Penguins. These seals were so cute. This was a pretty cute one, and it's also funny because they did this again, and it works for me every Singing time. by the bayou. This the juxtaposition of we're in a, like an Antarctic setting. It's with freezing. A, yeah. yeah. A tropical or, you know, whatever. Yeah. A, a, an unfitting musical number. And they even had a crocodile that went, like, come out of the hole yeah, in the one part. The yeah, f- <laughs> Yeah, and there's penguins everywhere. There's seals. This was really fun. I liked when that one big gray seal, like, came down from the, from the ice the glacier thing or whatever. I liked when the penguin walked into the wings where Gene was and uh-huh. he pushed the penguin back <laughs> in on the stage. I it's like so Gene wants to be the guest for the Muppet Show. <laughs> but to him that doesn't mean he sits in like a cushy chair in the no, front or anything. It no. means he sits on the wings and he's watching it's, it from, he's a from the screen. This is a very strange, strange uh interpretation of guest. So now backstage Kermit calls for the next act, Prince Rudolph and his invisible cheeseburger. Prince Rudolph says, excuse me, have you seen a cheeseburger waiting in the wings? Uh, no. Oh, good. He's on time for a change. (laughs) Scooter decides to use some tarot cards to predict Beauregard's future, and he reveals that it's going to be the end of the world. I love how they said tarot cards. He's reading a booklet. He's reading a booklet, for sure. And what was the thing? I don't know what he he asked Beauregard in particular, but I loved that this led Beauregard's like simple brain to being like, "Oh wow, all the signs are clear." Like between this and Gene Kelly won't be a something guest about a refrigerator. Like, all of these things, like, oh, I can't. The world's coming to an end. He sees the um, the m- pigs in space later on in the episode, and he's like, "Oh well, the universe ended in pigs in space, so this is it." Like, this I, episode is heavy on the end of the world, and I need. I was thinking uh, while this was happening is, how were you feeling during Y2K? During Y2K? Were you, like, a little nervous about that at all? Because that was, like, they people were, like, trying to scare everybody with that. I think. I'm a perpetually nervous person, and I was such a nervous kid. I can remember being nervous, but not any particular reason why. Mm-hmm. You know, like... Being, like, I guess, curiously worried, maybe more so for Y2K. I don't know. I think my parents were pretty certain we were all going to be fine. So their, like, calm was Mm -hmm. cool. Like, it's nothing compared... I hate to bring this up. But it's nothing compared to the way I felt as a kid during 9-11. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, during 9-11, I was certain it for months that this, uh, you know... We were going to go to war. Our proximity to the city, there was going to be another attack. We could get hurt through whatever fallout or you know and also that's a few years later so now i think i was like 13 14 you'd already lived you know yeah no but you're like a little bit more aware of other things and stuff and i was you know certain i had like i don't know that i ever told you this so (laughs) i grew up in an apartment complex and literally you could on a clear day from the right angle you could see like new york new york the twin towers yeah yeah basically the twin towers yeah And um, so I had this dream that um, these helicopters came and they dropped something, some sort of 
hazardous gas and then they just like <laughs> left but like i remember the helicopters coming real low like oh, to wow, the height yeah. of the apartment and then they burst out this gas bubble and then they just like but they like they dispatched it they were like oh okay we're gonna <laughs> drop the and then they called it tearson and they were like we're gonna drop the tearson I can't believe we remember that. It like came, because it scared the shit out yeah. of me. And like I still am uneasy around helicopters. You're like, ah, the Tearson. I'm like, I don't know what this is. But yeah, I was like very much more afraid of the end of the world during <laughs> September 2001 than yeah, Y2K. Same. Definitely. My dad was on Howard Stern during the right before Y2K. Really? Like, called in, uh-huh. right? Because, you know, he was like... They were talking about, oh, well, the elevator stopped working and this and that. So, you know, my dad, I remember my him. Oh, your dad was on this like a professional. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. He was like, thank you, Howard. With his like voice. I can't even do my dad's accent, but I just remember him being like, yeah, like, thank you, Howard. Like, and my mom going, oh, my God. (laughs) Well, yeah, because Y2K was that like literally the computers were going to get so were so stupid that they were going to go, oh, uh," and they were going to just stop. Yeah. And the computers in that time meant the mechanisms that ran elevators and escalators and planes would fall yeah. out of the sky and stuff. I actually just started reading a new comic book graphic novel from Ryan North and uh, Erica Henderson that supposes that that did happen. Oh, really? And what would have happened to the world afterwards? I haven't finished it yet, but it's uh, it's basically like there's now there's magic in the world and stuff. Like the world healed in different ways through the loss of technology. Ooh. And I'm like, it's pretty cool. That's interesting. There's like a whole thing online about um, AI already have taken over. The, like AI has had already taken. I can't speak. Uh-huh. In the past, yeah. AI was ruling the world, essentially. And yeah. then a sun flare happened and then things disappeared. Mm-hmm. And that they think it's going to happen again. Like basically AI is going to take over the world and then a sun flare is going to happen and we're going to like start, all, it's going to be a reset. So like they're, Jesus they're Christ. saying that like that's how the pyramids were built and stuff like that. Oh, damn. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like that movie with Adam Driver. What is it? 65? I don't know that movie. It's this movie that's out like, I don't even know if it's still out now, but it was like Adam Driver crash lands on a planet and it turns out that it's Earth 65 million years ago. And it's like the last of us because it's basically him and this little girl have to now survive on planet Earth and there's dinosaurs and all this shit, whatever. Sounds like it would be a better video game than a movie. I think it is probably a better video game than a movie for sure. Like mm-hmm. there's, you know, Velociraptor comes out and you have to defeat yeah. it. It's much more fun to interact with than to actually watch. All right. Kermit tries to talk Gene into performing, explaining that if, if Gene doesn't go on, Kermit will, and adds that he can't dance the, his way out of Jello. Gene offers to teach Kermit to dance, explaining that he used to be a dance teacher. Kermit asks him to give him his dance lesson on stage, tricking Gene into performing. Let's dance! Gene teaches Kermit to tap dance to the medleys of Frere Jaca and the Worry Song. Okay. This is probably my favorite part of the whole no, episode. Absolute highlight of the episode. <laughs> this needs to basically be the rest of our episode yeah. is talking about this part of the episode. This part is fucking amazing. Down to the uh, the visual effect and the way that they handled Kermit jumping. I'm jumping on the piano. Onto the piano. Incredible. In fucking incredible. Ah. And then went like, I had been sitting here and I'm like, I know Gene Kelly. I know his name. Right? Yeah. And then when he started doing the Frere Jaca dance with the one, two, three, yeah. four, I was like, oh my fucking God, this is who Gene Kelly mm-hmm. is. Duh. He dances with Jerry Top, yeah, in Jerry. that thing. Yeah. 
This was so cool, so well done. It was so well done. Like 1981, we're doing all sorts of cool tricks and everything. Seriously. There's... Kermit tap dancing was really good. Yes. And like it looks so good. We've done this green screen, black screen, whatever kind of screen thing you want to call it before. Remember there was an episode where he did like lily pad hopping or whatever. And like the whole time you can see the puppeteer like through the thing because, you know, whatever. Uh It wasn't. It was, this was so well handled. You see the hand move up. Yes, you can see like, you know. This, I feel like was so well done that like you, I don't know. That like, that veil of like, they're real. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You didn't see him. It wasn't like you ever see Pee Wee Herman, and it's like you see Zombie, and like he's yes. like the genie, and you see him like bare like, neckline. Or yeah, whatever. a little yeah. bit, or like you see the black like turtleneck uh-huh. he's wearing. It wasn't like that at all. No. It was fucking seamless. And I watched it on an HD TV, mm-hmm. and it wasn't filmed in HD. No, of course it was great. not. Yeah, it was great. And the set for this scene was really cool too. I feel like there's a lot more intricate set building in this season. You can definitely see again that this show is a huge success. So now they've gotten like a greater budget mm-hmm. between this and some bits in next week's episode, not to spoil it, but I'm thinking about this now. Yeah. You know, like you can see that they've been given like Oh yeah, they have a little bit more money. Yeah. For sure. And still Jim is bored of it. Yeah, I know, right? Like you'd think like this is this is your 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 like the peak of you doing this on mm-hmm. television. Like this is so cool. It's it, what I feel like at this point it really has become the family show mm-hmm. that he wanted it to be. Yeah. I wonder if also the 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 like um a lack of challenges mm. because you know with a great budget you can kind of do whatever you want then with like a lack of challenges maybe it's also like oh well how you know they would do forced perspective before mm-hmm. and stuff and now they kind of don't have to do too much they can really that's know. a good point so I wonder if it's you're getting lazy out of like ease maybe also, or not lazy but bored out of ease yeah you know Next, Beauregard reveals that he gave Gene his sponge mop and that he's giving away all of his things due to the world coming to an end. He says that he's worried sick and Dr. Bob says that's good because he needs a patient for veterinarian's hospital. <laughs> I loved that, too. And he just he then is two minutes later. He's in veterinarian's hospital. I love. OK, so I'm, I really think they're nailing it with the transitions between yes. each sketch. Yeah, they finally, again, after five years, figured out the best way to operate. They're doing a great job, this. This is really good. Because in Vets Hospital, Beauregard informs the cast that the world is coming to an end and adds that there will be a sign. Something will happen that has never happened before. As the announcer signs off, he falls from above, landing on top of Beauregard. I was so here for it. Yes. I loved it. I loved, and like, I feel like the jokes were a little bit fresher and funnier and not, unless we are just fully, we fully have Stockholm Syndrome for this sketch now, because we talked about no. it like last week that we were like, I don't know. No. Vets isn't that, be- isn't the best of the. It's getting better. You know, vets and pigs in space. It's, split. it's, they've cut the fat. Mm-hmm. It's really succinct. It's good. It's yeah. to the point. It does what it does. It's quick. Mm-hmm. It definitely feels that way. Next, our UK spot two dogs sing "Fit as a Fiddle," and she has like a, a perm. Poodle. Oh, she's a French poodle. Yeah, she's a this perm. This 
poodle puppet was so cool. It was. With like and like really like going at it like that like where you feel like oh they're really playing the fiddle. You know? Oh seriously, like, she was playing that, that was and cool. she just looked like Kim Basinger in Batman to me for whatever reason. I think it was the hair. It has to be the hair. She does. Now that you're saying this, she absolutely does with the glasses and everything too. Yeah, looks like that. Okay, so this is this dog. The French poodle is now known as Kim Basinger. Not to say that you know. Kim no, she keeps it. Look, it stays. It's definitely yeah. her. This one's Kim Basinger, and then what's the other one that looks like Judith Light? Oh my God. <laughs> Remember that one looked like Judith Light? Miss Piggy tells Jean that he's been doing a wonderful job on the show, but Jean points out that he hasn't done anything. Jean sings, You Wonderful You, to Piggy, but Gonzo interrupts the performance to tell Miss Piggy that she has to go on stage for Picks in Space. Jean finishes the song by serenading to Gonzo. That was one of my favorite things about it was he was like, well, sing to me. And Jean goes, okay. And yeah. he just finishes the song with Gonzo. At first he was like, it wouldn't be the same. And then uh, it does it. But he gets so into it. And he's like looking at Gonzo. And like, he's like, he got his like arm. Yeah. He does where he like <laughs> his finger on his nose. That was so it was weird. It very, very funny. I liked that a lot. I liked it too. Here for Gonzo. And Gonzo got some screen time because he really... Besides the openers, he hasn't really had he really, much. No. I mean, even like... He got booed that one time. He got things thrown at him. Yeah. I forget what episode yeah, that was. Yeah, he got like positive screen time. Mm-hmm. Stage. Yeah, screen time. Screen time, stage time. Both. Pigs in Space, Dr. Julius Strangepork points out that they are about to get to the end of the universe. And once there, they will learn the meaning and purpose of life. He sets a timer that counts down how much longer it will be. Before they get to the end of the universe... The bell, din- the dinner bell goes off, and Link Hogthrop decides to go for dinner instead. <laughs> Doctor Strangepork and Piggy try to stay for the meaning of life, but quickly leave for dinner. <laughs> Piggy tells the viewer to wait for the meaning and purpose of life, but just as it's about to be revealed, and now a Muppet news flash, probably the greatest news story in history. The meaning and purpose of life has just been announced. The full text of the announcement is as follows. Uh, oh, that's. Wrong one. Uh, just a second. I had it here a minute ago. Uh, where is it? Meaning and purpose of... How can I keep track of things when you're always straightening up my desk? So this came on, and I have to admit, I did. I was unable to watch it. My dog and cats were all starting to freak the fuck out, basically, from the sound that was coming from the, sound, the end of the universe. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, they were just like... was making the dog go crazy. I oh had my to skip God. through it. I was like, oh my God, this is... And like the cat was like on edge and everything. <laughs> it was like 10 o'clock at night and everybody was That's just so in a weird funny. mood also. So all of <laughs> Did my your animals, animals take nuts. edibles? I no, think kidding. they might have. <laughs> <laughs> they were freaking out, man. Hey, man. What'd you put in my dog chow? <laughs> back, to pig- back at Pigs in Space, the crew is upset over missing out on the meaning and purpose of life. But the announcer informs them that he knows, teasing them about knowing something they don't know. But Piggy also knows something that he doesn't know and pulls down the lever and makes the announcer <laughs> fall from the sky. That's very funny. I like... the This announcer looks exactly like you'd think he, oh, he does. Oh, he fully looks right? exactly. Like, down to like this little silly suit and everything and this like toupee looking hair. <laughs> it's a very cool looking character. Um, so this next thing really took me by surprise because I don't feel like we've ever heard, we call them Lubak Lou. 
right? I know. And Kermit calls him Lubbock, right? Lubbock Lou and his jug huggers. He called him something. Did he say Lubbock? So Lubbock Lou and the jug huggers ask Kermit to let them perform a number. But Kermit gives them the bad news that there's no room for a jug band number in tonight's show. Meanwhile, Kermit and Scooter mention the surprise closing number for Gene Kelly, a performance of Singing in the Rain, complete with the exact replica of the set from the movie. And Gene overhears them talking, saying that he hopes they aren't expecting him to perform, especially not even for Singing in the Rain. Kermit assures Gene that the number is not for him and asks Scooter to get the jug band. So Lubbock Lou and his jug huggers perform cold, cool water. Lubbock Lou and... Cool water, the cologne? <laughs> yes. Who, you know wait, the bottle, who right? Who is cool water? Is that... Um, Are you thinking... No, who makes cool water? Oh, God, I don't know. But it's it's blue, blue, right? Bottle. It's like dark blue and like funky looking a little bit. Yeah, it is funky looking. Yeah, that's like a, um, a that middle school, high school cologne. That reminds me of middle school. Yeah. My God, That's who like, makes cool water? Yeah. Jesus Christ. That's not like Tommy Hilfiger, right? Mm-hmm. No. It's like definitely cheaper than that. You're going to look it up for me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know Estee Lauder is who did Tommy Hilfiger's cologne. Really? Mm-hmm. Do you know, is that why Winfred Lauder is the name of the company from the Drew Carey show? Oh, my God. They're a cosmetics company. Do you oh, remember probably. that? Oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Do you remember the Drew Carey show? Have we talked about that on this? Yeah, because the I, Drew Carey show fucking rules. I didn't I tell you my mom used to always be like, I hate this show, and then she she would have oh, it on and be laughing. Because uh-huh. <laughs> it's funny. I'd be like, Mom, you're always laughing at the show. Well, it's on. There's nothing else on. Remember they would do those episodes. I fucking love that show. For April Fool's Day, where they would have like basically it would be it would turn into like a Where's Waldo, where they would have just weird shit running through the episode, and you had to find all the little mistakes, and then if you like pointed them all out, you'd win a prize or some shit like that. David off. Can you show me what it looks like again? Oh, I thought it was funkier looking. I thought it was funkier looking. Like it had like a. Can I draw it for you? Wait, but oh, oh, is it like this? Mm, No, that's closer to what I thought. I thought it looked like this, and it had like a, almost like a snail. Oh, I know something like that. That's not cool water, but that's okay. a different one. And like, it's this is, is it like a, a weird indent? Yes, this line that and, I drew and there's here actual like, oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> yes, that's a different one. And it's like one. that clear blue. Yeah, this looks like a snail. It does, but it is a perfume <laughs> bottle. Oh jeez. Okay, so this uh, number cool water. I'm like. I thought at first that they were singing Singing in the Rain, and I'm like, I don't know if this is, like, how the song starts. I'm sorry, but every song that they sing sounds exactly the same to me. Right? Like, it's like, it all sounds to me like, you ever heard that song, Does Your Chewing Gum Lose Its Flavor? It's like, Does Your Chewing Gum Lose Its Flavor? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think they did do that song at one point on this show. They might have. Cool Water is a Bob Nolan song uh, from 1941. It's about a man in the desert seeing a mirage of water. Oh. The song was spoofed on Sesame Street as Don't Waste Water. I feel like I know Don't Waste I Water. I like how they, they did Don't Waste Water. That's a good idea. Yeah. That, like, was such a thing that Sesame Street was preaching. Like, one of those things that I can remember, like, must have been part of their mission statement in the 90s was, like, the Don't Waste Water. Mm-hmm. They talk about it in The Muppets in Moscow. About, um, you must have gotten to this part in the book. You said you're pretty far now, right? Where 
they show the old bit of the it's a fish in a pond and there's like a little boy in his house and he's brushing his teeth and he turns on the water and he's brushing his teeth and he leaves the water running while he's brushing his teeth and then his phone rings and it's the fish in the lake because his water level has gotten so low. Oh, he's yeah. like, please turn off your water while you brush your teeth. And then he goes, oh, sorry. And he, you know, he turns the sink off. And I then, didn't get to that part. Uh, you didn't? No, but it's okay. Oh, I thought you said you were further. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. But then basically the, 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 the crew in Russia are like, um, why would... What, like why why would we worry about wasting like I don't know they 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 were disconnecting the the message and how it was being re- how it was being presented and the defense was like well in America fish don't have phones either like so yeah. calm down like yeah this, you need to get on board with like fully like it's crazy that how coming, so coming to the whimsy of Sesame Street they also. didn't get the whimsy no no and they were trying to they, what about like the original puppet they create it's like a scary oh, guy it, yes and they're like oh it's based on like this like ghoul of like a witch kind of guy right like who's I'm gonna, like the whole time I'm like these people or... are missing the point yes. they're <laughs> missing the point but I'm sure it was extremely difficult to balance like how to teach children new values when yeah. you really don't know those values yeah. yourself yeah and like it and like their importance and like even in these small like nuanced things like conserving water mm-hmm. or you know like uh, I remember turning off Does the it... lights when we were little was a big thing yeah. too on Sesame Street like when you're done in there, turn the lights out, whatever, move, you know, like conserving. Showing def- different ethnicities across Russia. That they also, yeah, they were really they struggling They were with. like, and people who were disabled. Like, when, why when, would somebody who's crippled be disa- be friends with somebody who's able-bodied? They were like, oh, that's too sad. You can't put that on the thing. And it's like, what? We're not, we're presenting it as these children are children. Yeah. And children come in all different forms and you know, i almost like, started crying at that part it was really yeah <laughs> very hard to listen oh to. oh my god well, especially that they just dismiss it as being too sad no yeah. and it's like well this is a reality some children are wheelchair bound or whatever and they can still play trucks you know yeah. like it's not like they're oh <laughs> i don't know how you're missing this that they're just children. Yeah. They want to play ball. They want to. But they have started friends. to get they, it. You know. Yes. And they. I have to say, at least they didn't vote against it. No. Thankfully. <laughs> uh, I am really, really enjoying it. Me I too. It's, it's a great just, book. It's such a great book, and it it really is like with each beat of it, like they, I feel each beat of them getting like two steps forward, and then the horrible setbacks that happen. It's the horrible setbacks are so crazy. I cannot recommend this book enough to anyone. Yeah, everyone should read it. So backstage, Gene realizes that Kermit did expect him to sing Singing in the Rain and tells Kermit that after he sang that song in the movie, he sang it everywhere. But then he finally realized that he would never sing it as well as he did the first time and therefore doesn't plan on singing it again. Uh, This is all circle talk for him basically to sing a bunch of different numbers. Rolf starts to play the riff to the song. You know, he says he's improvising it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Gene misses the mark and sings Wonderful, You Were Meant For Me, and For Me and My Gal. (laughs) And then eventually he does get on stage and do Singing in the Rain. When they present the set... Of singing in it the rain. It was really cool. I, I thought it was like, Sesame Street at first. shit. It and does. It, was, <laughs> it looks like Sesame Street light. because of those lights. It's yeah, the those light. ball yeah. lamps. For sure. 
This was a really cool number, and it was really cool that they did this on this show like that. Yeah. With all of this, like, really. And I liked how they all joined in together at the end, and, like, they Mm -hmm. start singing together, the Muppets and stuff. Like, all around, I think Gene Kelly was a pretty good guest, but I, 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 I liked it to a degree. But I feel like we've done a lot of this where the guest doesn't want to do what they're known for doing. And it's like, well, enough already. You know. All right, Lisa Loeb, stay. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, no, I'm not going to perform that song. Because I mean, like, Linda Carter was so reluctant to be a superhero in her episode. And like, who am I? Oh, my God. There's other examples. It is kind of annoying, though. It's like a little frustrating. But the thing is, is that this episode, it doesn't matter who the guest would have been for this episode, to be honest with you, except for the Kermit tap dancing. Mm -hmm. It was just good because of the Muppets, not because of the guest. Absolutely. With that, like, it was almost a C plot of like the world coming to the to an end and everything. Again, it's just funny. At least the sketch sketches were really tight because the. The premise of the episode was not. No, no. <laughs> it's kind of all over the place. Yeah, yeah. The guest doesn't want to perform, and the and some characters think the world is ending. And like the tarot, like they could have had a lot more fun with that. I don't know what the hell was going on with all of that. Yeah, it could. Have, oh my god, I would have loved to see Gladys as or even a tarot the gypsy reader. woman. I mean, we. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I we do want any any opportunity to shoot Gladys. Gladys back into the show. Yeah, but. well, we know we won't see her. So at the end of the show, Gene tells Kermit that he had a great time. Beauregard wonders how he can say that when the world is coming to an end. Gene tells Beauregard that he's been studying the manual for the tarot cards and that Scooter made a mistake. According to Gene, the cards really meant that your laundry will come back gray and dingy. However, (laughs) Beauregard thinks that Gene was just saying that to make him feel better. I guess they don't have OxyClean in 1981. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Mays would have been a really good guest on the <laughs> Or, wait, maybe we could get that guy who slaps the duct tape on, I want on... that duct tape. So do I. Just so I could do that. What the hell is that called? I but, yeah, know. he, like, slaps the duct tape on a on boat. The... Boom! <laughs> and it, like, and it makes that water. sound. Yeah. I love it. And it, like, instantly stops. <laughs> I wonder if that works. I'll that is our new, that it. is the new OxyClean, yeah. though, right? The oh, new Slap sure. Chop, the new, yeah. yeah, is that tape. Slap Chop. You remember the Slap Chop? No. The guy would take an onion and he'd put the thing on it and he'd go chop, pop, chop, pop, chop. And it oh, would yeah. like dice the yeah. onion instantly. Okay. Oh, man, Megan. So our edits, Nickelodeon, all scenes regarding Prince Rudolph and his invisible cheeseburger. Good. Gene Kelly thanking Beauregard for the sponge mop. And Kermit telling Lubbock... Lou, that there's no room for the jug band. We're all cut from the show. What a weird group of like meat to cut. Just cut the UK spot. That's the whole point of the UK spot is that we're not meant to have it here. You take that out, you can add your commercials to the show, right? Yeah. Like that's so. But stupid. who cared about that hamburger thing? The only thing that was funny about the hamburger thing is that like all I could smell is his breath. It smells like onions. Uh, or yeah, whatever. just like look for the uh, the onion smell. <laughs> Megan, next week, next week we're watching the Loretta. <laughs> next week we're watching the Loretta Swit episode of the Muppet Show. Are you excited? You know who Loretta Swit is, right? Yeah, she's from Mash. When I heard, when I like saw that we were watching this, I thought that she had passed recently, but I think that I recalled seeing that it was her birthday on Twitter. And oh, now that she had and you passed. never know because you know people like put the pictures up side by side, oh or anytime God. you see like celebrity pictures, you're and like, then, did they die? Oh no! And then you see someone tweet that gif of Denzel going like this. Oh, right? thank like, God! <laughs> just, like, thank God! I thought they were dead. <laughs> you have to look for the Denzel tweet, like. 
so next week we're watching the Loretta Swit episode, episode 502. Miss Piggy plants a rumor in Tongue Magazine alleging that she and Kermit were secretly married in Las Vegas. Kermit gets so mad that he fires Piggy and asks Loretta to take her place. Loretta appears in Veterinarian's Hospital and Pigs in Space, <laughs> where she's a great success. Piggy tries to make a grand dramatic exit, but she gets so jealous of Loretta that she invades the swine trek herself. <laughs> this episode is like... I, I like hate to go on record and saying that I think it's one of the best episodes <laughs> that I've ever seen. Join us next week as we watch the Loretta Swit episode of The Muppet Show. Follow us online at ITTWTM on Instagram and Twitter while Twitter's still here. Twitter's still here. Can you believe that? I, everyone hates Twitter. I don't hate Twitter. I just, I'm surprised that it hasn't, like, I'm not trying to be, like, contrarian or anything like that, but uh-huh. I'm just, like, you're it's fine. still Twitter. It's the same as it was. It's fine. I don't care. I, I just days, see Elon Musk trolling uh, big companies now, and I think it's, it's hilarious. In in a couple days, the blue check marks are supposed to be going away. So, okay. I, we'll I just, like, really don't care. <laughs> Well, while it's still there, you can follow us at ITTWTM. <laughs> um, you can message us. Message us. Uh, and uh, rate and review on iTunes. Until next week. Thanks for the gumball, Gene Kelly. Gene Kelly.